Hey, I'm Nick. And I'm Greg. Stay tuned for a new episode of the Mangina Dialogues. Uneducated, unfiltered, unhinged. This is the Mangina Dialogues. We at it again with your host, Nick Scopes. And the Gregolicious. You know how we do, because you know we keeping it gangster and silly. Unplugged like a fool swung titty. About get kitty. You know we down to the nitty and the gritty And we make shit sound so damn pretty Yeah, cause this is comedy And right now you're in the mix So get ready, cause we bout to get it poppin' And we ain't stopping. I'm educated, unfiltered, unhinged This the Mangina Dialogues Hello and welcome to the Mangina Dialogues I am one of your hosts Nick Scopes. And I'm one of your other hosts, Greg Alperin. And today we have a very funny Italian man from Westchester, New York. <laughs> and no, I'm not talking about myself. I'm talking about Anthony Rodia. What's up, my man? How What's are you? What's up? Oh, you got my last name right. <laughs> points. Listen, my last name, my full last name is Scopoletti. So Yeah, I but I mean that would I, probably be easy to pronounce. Everybody calls me like Radio Radia. Really? Yeah. I got to keep every, I'm going to start writing it with every letter lowercase and just capitalize the D. (laughs) (laughs) I never thought it was, I mean, it's five letters. It's very, they're like, Ooh, how do you pronounce that? I'm like, (laughs) you also have trouble with the words like cat and dog. (laughs) Five letters. You're from Westchester? My Marinick. Nice. Oh, New Rochelle. We're from Neuro. Yeah. My grandmother lived in New Rochelle. Well, I guess Pelham. She lived in, um, Real close. Greencroft condominiums right above Leno's Clam Bar. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah Leno's Clam Bar. When you, it's, it's to anybody that's been there, like every week during the summer, it's Greasy Nicks. Greasy Nicks. Yeah, Greasy Nicks. Yeah. Which is I, so. I mean, it's so tantalizing to say that. You know, want to go to Greasy yeah. Nicks? Every, I, uh, my entire family is from Pelham and Country Club, in the Bronx. Oh yeah. All right. Yeah, we're all close. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I've spent yeah, my entire like up until I was 21, 22 years old, except for the f- few years I was at college. I spent every Sunday having dinner at 1130 at my aunt and uncle's house in the Bronx. Yeah, it sounds about right. Country club, (laughs) which is what makes watching your videos so unbelievably like I feel like those are literally my relatives. And I'm sure you hear that all the time. Yeah, I mean, when I first started, I mean, I I did comedy like uh, like 20 years ago, but a couple open mics here and there. I did like maybe one big show I rented out of theater. But then I, uh, you know, I was like, I'm not never going to be a comedian. I'm like, I'm chasing a pipe dream. Right. And, um, I just I got the fire in me like uh, three years ago. I think I was at a, like a Deadpool 2 movie. Right. And, uh, I heard the whole crowd laugh and I was laughing. I said, you know, I was with a buddy of mine who's now my manager. And I said, uh, dude, I want to get back into comedy. I never knew you were in it. I was like, yeah, right. I, I want to get back into it. And when I did, I, I didn't want to be a mainstream comic. I wanted to do something kind of different. And there weren't many guys doing off the boat ethnic comedy. Yeah. Uh, you know, that first generation humor. Right. And I started doing it, just sharing experiences. But when I started... So rather than writing material based on what I thought was funny, because comedy is subjective, what I might laugh hysterical at, you might not find funny at all. I started kind of honing in on what's relatable. And it's scary how many of us were raised exactly the same yeah, way. Totally. And that, that's what shocked me. When I started doing it and my, fans, my fan base started growing, you know, people come to my shows, uh, not, even a, not even all Italian, you know, Italian, Puerto Rican, Argentinian, Greek, uh, Portuguese. And they're like, oh, my God, me too. And I'm like, what? Me too? And I'm like, was this a support group? I'm like, <laughs> no, I was hit by my parents. I'm like, I know you clapped when I announced it. You celebrated. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's nice to see that I'm not the only one that lived through that. We all did. No, it's everybody, man. My dad, my father's 70 years old. And so he, I showed him some of your videos and he would just laugh and go, yeah. Happened to me because I remember that. So that's so when when the old school people watch them, the ones that actually caused the the you know sure. the drama and the chaos, um, like my uncle will watch it. He goes, "Yeah, it's a spot on." I'm like, <laughs> "All right, you don't want to deny any of it." No, no, it's a pretty true. It's a yeah. pretty true. I got to tell you, when yeah. I watched the one you posted the other day about um, bringing something to someone's house, oh shit, yeah. that fucking yeah. killed like, me, man. I, I don't even I I wasn't even paying attention, right? Like you yeah. know, when you scroll through Instagram and stuff starts playing. Yeah, starts playing. I'm kind of not paying attention, and then I and I heard it, and I'm like, I lived that. 
Yeah. Well, for- I threw a little, I threw like a little Abbott and Costello in there. Which right. Is something and nothing. But yeah, it's, yeah. it's so obvious, man. And then there's a part two to that coming where I bring something and I go, look. And he goes, oh, go look at somebody bringing something. <laughs> <laughs> and then I go, he goes, what's this? What's entertainment cake? I said, it's, it's entertainment. <laughs> and he goes, oh, uh, thank you. Thank you for the donuts, the cake. I don't know what the hell it says. And then they just talk shit about what you bring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it's like, like Anthony, next time, no, no bring nothing. And I'm like, I, I don't know what to do now. I yeah, I know. Yeah, something. that's that's how I grew up too. Just like, what the fuck am I, I supposed to do? How they do just went happy. Here? That's what yeah. it comes down to. How do I, I win here? I you don't bring seen. anything. You're you're an asshole. And then yep. if you bring something, they talk about what you brought. It's like it's, to your it's, face, to your face, well, right to your so, face. Oh, they they give you. Um, my aunt specializes in comp. I call them compliments wrapped in dog shit. Right. So <laughs> give you a compliment and then let you down right after. Right. Anthony, this is a beautiful thing. You, I don't eat this shit, but it's I so my uncle and aunt are both now past. They they live great lives in you know country club in the Bronx. And right. I I used to take occasionally a friend to their house, either as we were driving like north to Boston or whatever. I stopped there on a, like a Saturday afternoon or something with one of my friends. And I'm like, let's just go stop and say hi to my aunt. I, I bought this really nice cigar for my uncle. And he was, you know, Italian guy, 80 years old, smoked cigars, you know, on the toilet, like smoked right. cigars. So, and I was in the cigar business. So I brought him a really nice cigar in a beautiful box. One cigar. So right. I we go in. I First thing I would always do is look in the oven and see what was cooking. There was a goat's head quartered. <laughs> So I told my friend Owen, who's, you know, Irish, never saw this before. I'm like, hey, come here, check this out. So he looks at it. He's like, we're eating that. And I'm like, I'm eating it. You you know, whatever, whatever. So I go to my uncle Frank and I'm like, hey, I brought you this cigar. I got this really great cigar for you. He takes it. It does exactly what you just did. Looks at it, inspects it and goes, it's very nice. What did they come one to a box? I, I, knew that, right. I knew that was coming. <laughs> I knew that was coming. I'm, you were better off getting him 20 cheap ass cigars. I, that's exactly what I yeah, said. What am I going to do with one? I go to exactly. shop, and like, go buy. I said to my friend, I'm like, we should just brought him a box of green Macanudos. He would have been ecstatic right. instead of this one like $50 cigar. <laughs> I was like, God, you can't win. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. The, the boss, come here. You want to come here and say hi? All right, Nick, come Nick, here. Nick, here. All right, all right. She has a tank top. The boss came home from school. She's got to inspect what daddy's doing in the basement. I'll, I'll, I'll beat you right on this podcast. Um, no, it's it's the same thing, man. It, it's like you know, I, I give something to my dad, and he goes, "Ma, what did you get me this for? I don't need this, Andy. I don't need nothing." Yeah. And then if I don't get him it, he's like. You know, what's the matter? No, I just didn't feel like, you know, my son would at least bring me something. Oh, dude, I'm having, I'm like, having I, hard palpitations it's the, it's here, the, just they, having the flashbacks. So they asked me, um, my agency was talking, they were like, hey, listen, you know, obviously in 2021, we're going to be working on my first special. They said, what do you want to name it? I go, oh, my God, painfully relatable. And they go, what, what the hell does that mean? I go, it's, it's relatable and it's painful, painful. <laughs> like my 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 audience is like a support group yeah and it's you know and i yeah. talk about a lot of stuff that you know we you know i talk about like uh it's not all off the boat stuff i talk about wife and kids i talk about kids today i talk about you know how kids today are just raised differently and they and a lot of the reason why they're so offended by everything is because number one they weren't exposed to the shit that we were exposed to sure. my father didn't sugarcoat i mean if you ask my father a question he's answering it in the most obnoxious out of this world way of, of thinking, but it's also what we saw. Yeah. Like I was exposed to shit as an eight-year-old that no eight-year-old should be exposed to. Right. You know, I mean, I witnessed my father on Easter, like gutting a goat yeah. Yeah. in the garage. Like I remember I walked into the garage to get my bike and I see this goat hanging upside down and he's in there with my uncle and come on cut the throat, cut the throat. This thing is to no stop to shake. And I'm sitting there watching it. And it, and no one knew I was there. And all of a sudden I was like, <gasps> and he took the knife and I heard that noise in yeah. my head for five years. I would oh, wake sure. up in the middle of the night. I just, <laughs> I'm like, and I would wake up in cold sweats. And my dad's like, what's, what's your matter? I'm like, I keep hearing that baby goat dying in my head. <laughs> and he's like, toughen up, you son of a bitch. You toughen up. Next year, you're going to kill. 
And, and these kids today, they would pass out. They, I mean, they so would call, like, you know, child protective services. They'd be oh, getting yeah. from their parents. Dude, but my father, my father, when he was eight years old, this is 1958. My grandfather, I mean, dropped out of school when he was 12 because of the Great Depression, worked right. until he was 80, you know, landscaper, right. fought in World War II. That generation is a whole right. different thing. 1958 my father's eight years old he tells my dad he goes listen you're not going anywhere today you're on the truck with me you're working with me today and he was like all right whatever his friend comes over my dad's friend comes sprinting over and is like hey could bobby come out and play today my grandfather freaks out takes a thin piece of sheetrock and goes i told you you're not going anywhere and just cracks it over <laughs> his head as if it was my dad's fault like he right. texted his friend yeah in 1958 correct to come it was, save it's him. always someone else. i used to get hit i remember i got hit in the back of the head and grounded because we were watching tgif uh on channel seven <laughs> and family matters uh, no full house was on and it was the episode when one of the daughters drove danny tanner's car through the kitchen wall and yeah, yeah. Like, oh and my father looks at me he goes you believe this if you ever do this, I'll break you. i break every bone in your body. <laughs> and my father was in construction and landscaping. So I go, dad, I, I, didn't, I didn't drive the car through, through the kitchen. She did. I'm just a lady, you know. I'm just a warning you. You know how much your money? They got to reframe the, the support the beam. They got to put a new molding. They got to put a new sheetrock. And she messed up with the tile. God forbid that she hit the island. It's like a $45,000 in damage. I'll break your legs if you... He started getting himself mad. Smacks me in the back of the head. He goes, up the stairs. I don't want to look at you. I'm like, what the fuck? I wanted to beat this shit out of DJ Tanner. You're like, dad, it's TV. It's not real. TGIF, dad. He wouldn't talk to me for like three days. I'm like, what's up? The next day, I'm like, hey, dad, no, talk to me. I'm still upset about the kitchen. Our kitchen's fine. <laughs> Our kitchen is fine. And then he would get mad how like at the end of the show, Danny Tanner would sit the kid down afterwards. And they would, he goes, believe this shit? He's going to talk with her with the background and music nice and easy? Beat the shit out of this girl. I'm like, Danny Tanner can't hear you. Oh, I'd hate watching TV with him because I was scared. I'm like, I hope they don't do anything that I'm gonna get grounded for. Dude, I hated watching TV with my dad too. It was the war. He would just he would just come in though and just interrupt. Like yeah. I remember when I was they can't from- shut up the, 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 during a whole show. They can, it's impossible. Thirty minutes, no way. Yeah, my dad had some funny observations. I remember when you know this show Jersey Shore was really big, right? Uh, yeah. Back in the day, and you know I watched it. I was in college at the time. I watched it and I was watching it. And middle of nowhere, I'm just alone in my room. My father walks in and he just goes, oh, my God. And I go, what? He's like, look at these fucking gumads. He was all this yeah. makeup and tan. They're yeah. disgusting. He goes, your mother was beautiful. Not these fucking bro. And I'm like, what? All right. Like, they were, I'm just trying they, to hang out, they, man. They all the same. My father would, he, he would do, I thought you were going to go the exact same route my father would go. He'd walk in. I'd have like three friends downstairs in the basement watching a movie. And he'd, go, he'd walk in and I'm like, what's up? Nothing. <laughs> My God. I'm like, what? You guys are watching this shit. I go, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you guys, you're going to have your brains. They're going to rot. I'm like, <laughs> what do you want me to do? Walk, come upstairs and watch Bonanza with you? You want me to watch Wheel of Fortune? <laughs> with, with 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 who you call Pat Ajax? I'm I'm gonna sit down here and watch my goddamn movie. Leave me alone. It's like my dad only watches fucking westerns. That's it, John Wayne. Yes, John Wayne's my father's favorite. He does. He doesn't even know he died. <laughs> he goes, you know, I wish you one day you get the really famous and I get to meet the John Wayne. I'm like, why don't you just go to a cemetery and dig him up? <laughs> like, can't you why do Italian? Why do old Italian men love John Wayne? My I father. Know. I asked him once ago, why do you watch only Westerns, really? And he goes, it's simple. You know yeah. who the bad guy is, you know who the good guy is. Yep. And, he, and I go, why do you love John Wayne? Because John Wayne was the last man to ever walk a dessert. <laughs> man. I go, you do know that you basically just called yourself a bitch. Like, you just, you were born after <laughs> you, basically, you realize that, don't you? Huh. But it, I, it's, oh my God, it's so weird. It's all the same. <laughs> Oh, it is wild. Like it again, is. did they? Does this ever happen to you? Where they, uh, they, they tell you to go get something. My father was famous for this as a kid. They, they don't tell you, you what it is, though. No. Yes, exactly. They, they don't, don't tell you, you what be, it that is. That would make too much sense. They go, go get. This is my father. Go get the thing in the drawer to the left. Yep. 
and I go, what, what are we talking about here? And he goes, you know, the yeah. fucking, the thing. Yeah. And then I'm, I'm nine years old and I'm like, uh, all right. I come back. I'm like, dad, I couldn't find it. He goes, if I find it, you're not going anywhere this weekend. Right. He goes, you know, all the words, those stupid fucking rap songs, but you can't find the thing. <laughs> the left. And I was like, what? Oh, my <laughs> what God. doesn't even make sense. You give me anxiety right now. Dude, I know. I'm oh, because and then oh, he would go, and then he do me a favor. Go get me the thing on the shelf in the garage. <laughs> a massive garage. Yeah, go get the thing. You got you got six shelves. Yeah, but go get me the thing I always use on the top of the shelf in the garage. Then I don't find. He pulls me in the garage. The thing's on the floor in the corner. He goes, "You didn't see it." I go, "You said the shelf, and you didn't even give me a fucking clue." I don't understand. Uh, the, and then when they ask for something that they can't pronounce, I remember I was like 10 years old. My father goes, hey, do me a favor. And we're on the second floor. He's fixing one of the bedrooms. He goes, go downstairs. Get me ham and cheese. I, you see, like now? <laughs> yeah, go get, me, go get me ham and cheese. So, <laughs> on what? Just to get me ham and cheese. I said, Okay. <laughs> like nine, ten years old, very confused. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, my father trusts me to make him a sandwich. Okay, I'm gonna dress this up nice. So I get ham and cheese. I put it on a piece of you know, white bread. I put lettuce and tomato. I, put, I figured, he, all right, maybe he'll like mustard and mayo. So I put it there. I put it on a plate. I bring it upstairs, all proud. I go, "Are you gonna have a lunch now?" <laughs> I told you, you bring bring me ham and cheese. He said, "It is ham and cheese. You want me to take off the lettuce and tomato?" He goes, "What's wrong with you?" Cheese. He storms out, comes up, he goes, ham and cheese. I go, oh my God, it's a hammer and a chisel. That's a hammer, <laughs> a hammer and a chisel. What the fuck is wrong with it? Hammer and a chisel. Hammer chisel. Why did you stop at the last three letters of the word? Ham and chase. Ham and chase. I go, and it's my fault. He goes, your kids is stupid. I go, yeah, nothing to do with your speech impediment. <laughs> my dad's uncle used to go up to girls he had an accent and he'd be like hey uh you got a nice teats and they'd be like yeah. what and he goes no 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 like a teats yeah, teats. yeah. They, but <laughs> even that said that but even that my father had a, a black custom van with a bed in the back and on in the front had a, a sun visor that said italian power with two italian boxing gloves right? it looked like the biggest like Molestation van known to man. Like was the it a only, white van? Was it a white van? It was van? all black, all black. Oh, Thank murdered God. out. I like But that. I said, why don't you just get a license plate that says want candy? Question mark. It <laughs> <laughs> would pick me up. Now down the street from my school in New Rochelle, I'm, I'm sure you uh, remember Ursuline? Ursuline all girls school? Yes, I do. Everybody used to go down to Ursuline. So he goes, Where's this school you and your friends always go? I go, Dad, don't even do it. He goes, No, I want to. I said, Dad, don't. Do it. It's an all girls school. You're not pulling in with this van. They'll arrest you as soon as you drive. <laughs> so we start driving and all of a sudden two girls that I know pull up in a convertible that go to Ursuline. And I'm like, I'm like 15, 16 at the time. And he goes, baby, excuse me. I go, who, who, don't. Oh, my God. You're talking to the two girls. I know them. Dad. Uh, I hear, you know, my son, Anthony Rodia. Huh? The girls go, yeah, yeah. It's a beautiful day tonight. huh? I went. <laughs> what, what did you you just realize what you just said it's a beautiful day tonight what the fuck does that mean it's daytime so he goes shh you know if you think my son's a good look you get the look from his father oh no eyes. and i'm like and they just blew the red light i go i'm never talking on again i'm never saying like dad you blew it for me I saw them like three weeks later like your father's got a nice van i'm like oh my god they thought there were people like trapped inside they're all the same, man. It's it's scary shit. And then people ask me, like, oh, I came to one of your live shows and then I came three weeks later and I heard 30, 30 minutes of new material. How do you write so much stuff? I go, I hang out with my dad and I remember a lot of shit. It's, <laughs> it's a 17 big... hours of material. I mean, yeah. It's like, what you know, what story do I want to bleed from my, my inner soul tonight? You know, what, what bad memories do I want to reveal to 400 people? When I, when I first oh, started to Somebody, uh, one of the guys I was writing with has been doing it for like 20 years. And, you know, he gets the whole Italian that he's a Jewish guy from Long Island, but like he yeah. gets it, right? He gets the thing. And he goes, There's a lot of similarities. Him, yeah. Oh, my God. My father owned a bagel shop also in Mavarinic. Yeah. So, but he was telling me, like, we're talking, I was just 
we were supposed to go over material, but I was just telling stories about my father. And he was like, why don't you talk about that? Yeah. I was like, oh, that's funny. He's like, yeah. He goes, this is a Painfully. gift. Yeah. Painfully. He's like, you yeah. need to fucking expand my on has, that. My family has competition. Uh, they have arguments now. Um, like uh, whose story I'm going to use. Well, yeah. <laughs> it start when I first started, it was embarrassing to them. But now, you know, I, I build a, a decent amount of fans. And now, you know, my, my uncle will call me out of the blue. Anthony, it's Zio for April. I go, what's up? I got a real fuck up a story for you. <laughs> go, oh, okay, but I don't understand why. So you could use it to buy you ant. I never told it nobody. I'm like, I don't, I don't think I want to know. No, listen. So yeah. one night, me and you ain't having sex, and I just hung up. Oh boy! <laughs> I said, like, they, they don't understand that my, I have my grandfather is like one of sixteen. I know these oh people God. as my aunt and uncles, and they were just always old as shit. They were, I never, never young. Yeah. So even now that they're eighty, when they were fifty, they looked eighty. So I always thought they were eighty. I've, I've, I've thought they were eighty for forty years. Right. So he's like, oh yeah, me and you ain't having sex. I had the leg up. I'm like. Ah, and I just hang up. Uh, What's the matter? I go. I never want to hear your voice again. I don't ever want to talk to you. It's crazy, man. They're there, but you know what? I wouldn't trade it in for the world. It's 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 painful. It's strange. It's awkward, and that's that's what makes it all uh, all funny to talk about. It's crazy. Is there have you ever? Is there anything you've ever thought like second guessed talking about on stage? No. Like that. Would be I mean, I don't. I I do get. You know, I'll push the envelope once in a while. Um. I actually make bets with myself. I try to do a whole hour in like 20 minutes without uh, dropping more than five F-bombs. And when I do drop them, I try to drop them with an accent. Because if I right. tell them as my dad, I don't, I don't you know. I, I just, you know what it is? I, I've, I've had to switch it up a lot because um, recently we found out that um, it's, it's crazy. I bring like three generations to, to a show. Yeah. Like I'll have a, I'll have the kids 18 to 22, then I'll have their parents and I'll have their grandparents there. So to appeal to three different generations, yeah, um, it's crazy. So I try to minimize the curse. I mean, do I, I say shit asshole, but yeah. I, there's, there's curses I'll, I won't even use because I feel like no matter how you say them, you know, a couple of the C words, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, you, yeah. you can't, yeah. you can't do it in a tasteful way. Right. So in terms of uh, like, like kind of tiptoeing around things, no, I always talk about stuff. Um, you know, I found ways of talking about, you know, me and my wife trying to have sex with kids in a way where, you know, a 15 year old could listen to it. It's not yeah. like they're not going to hear anything, but I don't make it too graphic where people are like, oh, TMI. But yep. I do push the envelope a little bit to where, sure. you know, it's it's still de being told in a tasteful way. But no, I don't I, I never shy. My whole thing is when you come to a comedy show, especially my comedy show, that's my house. You're coming to my house. I didn't, I didn't ask, I didn't force you to come. You came, you paid to come into my house. So you need to show me the respect as a comedian um, to where, you know, right now, I think too many people dissect comedy. They're sure. dissecting it. They're analyzing it. Yeah. And what gets me mad is that being in this business for the last three years and really diving into it, I, I get all these emails. I get, you know, hundreds of emails a week and it's 90% of it's positive, but it's the people that really need the laughter and they tell you their stories of, you know, they lost their, their loved ones or they're going through a terminal illness and they use your comedy to get through the day. And it makes you realize how strong laughter is. I mean, it's, it's, sure. it's so powerful. And then you have these jackasses that, you know, this isn't funny. It's stupid, dude, go jump off a cliff or watch, watch my girl or Armageddon or steel Magnolias, like something miserable. Sure. Like don't take away you know, it's not funny to you, but don't put everybody down that thinks it's funny because you're basically saying their opinion shit. Yeah, of course. You know? Yeah. And, and right now it's hard with comedy, man. Everybody analyzes everything. You you can't say. I mean, I, I talked about I spoke about uh, black licorice jelly beans as being the worst jelly bean. Yeah. One guy was like, you're a racist piece of shit. I'm like, to, to fucking jelly beans. I'm a, I'm racist to jelly beans. And it's it's crazy. But I don't give a shit, man. I always say it. If you could if you could um, appease or appeal to 80 percent of your audience, then sure. concentrate on the 80, screw the 20, let them bitch oh, and complain. Their you know, dude, you know that absolutely. black licorice can kill you if you eat too much of it. What? Yeah, for real. Black licorice has something in it that if you eat too much of it, you could die. Google it later. Give it a gook. I, that's why I don't, I don't eat it. I don't mess I, with it. So you're onto it. You like, I'll you spit that shit three miles down the road. If, <laughs> if I, cause I always may, I always think it's like a grape one and I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, you're like, oh. damn it. Yeah, I can't stand <laughs> it. Tricked again. I can't stand it. And they're so, like, oh my God. Like last night I had my podcast and I'm I, I was talking about ghosts. 
And Goomba said, uh, Ooh, are they going to be white ghosts? And I was like, dude, don't try to lure me in. I said, they're white ghosts or white. Okay. If they're black, they're shadows. (laughs) Shit. What I got, I got emails. How dare you? What's where a black spirit turns white. I'm like, I I don't know if he wants good credit in the afterlife. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) If he wants to be Michael Jackson. Right. Exactly. If he, if he's a ghost of Michael, but uh, it's people, I don't know, man, people suck right now. They, they're, they're, they're trying like you have these people that wake up negative and they try to spread negativity oh, totally. and they get mad. Like I had a lady that wrote me an email. She said, I was a little disappointed at your show. You know, you F bomb three times. And I'm like three times in an hour and a half. That, that's pretty good. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> she said, as, as every time you cursed, I wow. sat back and I listened to the whole room laugh uncontrollably. And I thought to myself, wow, we're in trouble as a society. What? And I go, so you there <laughs> three, I think there was 300 people. There or 200 people. You sat back with your arms crossed. <laughs> and listen to a whole room laugh uncontrollably and you think that they're the problem <laughs> yeah right no did you, you email are. her back yeah of course. Like, email like, her back and go hey maybe the people that stormed the capitol that could be a problem like yeah. not the <laughs> no god forbid god forbid no my email was nice and quick i said uh she goes and i thought to myself wow we we, we are in trouble as a society and i got exactly what i thought when i read your email <laughs> uh, but my issue is with you so she's like i'll never come to a show again i go good i said well here's another f-bomb go fuck yourself <laughs> let's add Dude, that to the bunch speaking of your emails uh yeah. the video you did recently about reading <laughs> yeah. your email so first and foremost i just want to ask those are real people really yeah yeah like they think that the aunt and uncle you do yeah. in your videos yep. and your dad my dad i i can't really fault them uh, but now it's it's a little late. But if they were following me from, you know, the beginning and then when I introduced my father's character, um, it could have fooled them. I mean, it fooled my dad. He called me up. He goes, my, I was watching you on YouTube and I was in my living, my living room. My explained to me how the hell I'm in my living room, but then I'm watching your video. I'm in a new truck. I was in a new truck this week. Where you get that video from? Where you get me a new truck? I'm like, I'm not going to explain video editing to you. But my dad's character, I, I can't, I can't really fault him for, but yeah, man, so many people that like they, if you read some of the comments, they're like, I love you guys. You guys make such a great team. And I'm like, stop saying you guys, you're making me feel like I have a medical condition. Yeah. It's crazy. It's one person. All my characters, except yeah, I mean, obviously my daughter, my wife and my son, but other than that, um, and there'll be more characters being added, but it's, uh, it's all me, man. It's and when I do the videos where like there's four or five of them, after I make the video, I sit down and my wife's like, you, "You're done having a conversation with yourself." I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, at least I don't give myself a headache. Yeah. Right. So like, where I mean, you, your stuff is so unique to you, but of course, you know that I think what makes it appealing is that lots of people like we talked about relate yeah. to this. But where do you pull like comedic inspiration from? Like, is it strictly just from your family or like when you were growing up? I mean, no, you had to be a class clown or the guy. making. Oh, yeah. I, I think I got voted either class clown or life at a party in high school. Right. I was always like, I mean, I, I'm probably one of um, I mean, because when I see comedians, you know, it's hard to find a comedian that's always like that uh, off stage. Right. Um, I don't have an off switch. I'm like that all the time. I was like that when I was a kid. I was like that in school. Um, but inspiration wise, I mean, I, you know, I watched other comedians. I love comedy. Right. Um, New Year's Eve. I remember I was like nine or 10 years old, uh, 89, I think it was. And I snuck downstairs in my aunt's house while all my relatives were in the living room to watch, uh, dice, dice clay was uh, yeah. doing a New Year's Eve special, yeah, New Year's Eve from the uh, but I watched, you know, yeah, yeah. And, um, to hear a whole room laugh like that, man, from one person. Um, and then I, you know, I started watching Eddie Murphy, Richard Pryor, George Carlin, um, Rodney Dangerfield. Uh, sure. My favorite, though, had to be like a lot of people ask me, um, what comic do I compare myself to? Um, it's got to be Robin Williams. Right. Because um, when you saw Robin perform, man, you, 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 if you sat back and closed your eyes, you, you would think there was like six people on stage. Sure. And when I do my shows, there's a lot of voices and accents and stories. And, and one thing he did, he sucked you into that story where you felt like you were part of it. And, uh, and that's what I do. But um, yeah, I, I pull, I mean, I'll, I'll go grocery shopping with my wife and, you know, I look around like you can't do anything in front of me. I always pick, my wife can't stand it. I always pick up on it. Right. You can't say anything in front of me. You can't do anything in front of me. So I, I pick, you know, I'll, I'll see a scenario at the grocery store where something will happen and like two people around will watch it and laugh or giggle to themselves. And I'm like, shit, that's relatable. You yeah. know, if those two people don't know each other, they laughed 
well, I'm going to, I take that. And then I, I build like a story around the, the punchline. I kind of write jokes in reverse. Right. So that's pretty cool. Gotcha. Yeah. It is like, I, I remember like when I first started getting hooked on comedy was in the late eighties <clears throat> because well, a little earlier than that, but that's when really HBO just dug in yeah the stand-up comedy right they had the half hour comedy hour they had the you know the comic relief specials they had yeah. different oh yeah comic relief man you had like billy crystal uh, and Robert guys. yeah you know, yeah i remember that like then, those, yeah, then they started with deaf comedy jam deaf comedy jam and then you know then vh1 i don't know if you remember that vh1 had their comedy not yeah vh1 had their comedy comic view out. yeah something comic like, view yeah it was called no but, was it vh1 or bet BT at Comic View. B T at Comic View and VH1 know. had something else. Had something else that Rosie O'Donnell used to host. Yeah. And it was just, yeah. you know, half hour comedy. And that's when I really got deep, deep, deep into comedy, like the love for comedy. Right. It's been like relentless since. But like that that group of late eighties, early nineties comedians, you know, every you know, I'm going to say like George Carlin and stuff, but that's obviously before that. But that led into the Sam Kennison's and the Andrew Dice plays and, you know, in living color and all of that stuff that really. Oh, it's one of my favorite shows. Yeah. I mean, it really hammered home for a lot of the the people that are now like either huge comedy fans or a lot of, of course, the comedians that are touring. It's kind of cool to hear you say I wouldn't have expected Robin Williams. It's just yeah. I don't know what I would expect, but Robin Williams isn't the one that I would. He, he was just, you know, uh, I'm, I'm very theatrical on stage. You yeah. know, I don't hold back, um, you know, and, and a lot of comedians ask me, you know, especially the ones that are starting out, you know, what, what advice would you give me? I'm like, let it all out on stage, man. Yeah. You know, a lot of a lot of people that follow me, they don't know what to expect on stage. You know, they think I'm going to, you know, come out and address and, and right. do my yeah. hand or and my thing is, you know, I give you the videos online um, when you're home. But I don't want to give you the same thing when you come and pay to watch me. It's right. I don't I don't th- I think it's a disservice to you as yeah. a fan to just now you're just gonna come see the same shit acted out on stage. So I give you the videos, but when you come watch me live, man, I let it all out on stage, and it's totally different. It's more find, relatable. Do you find um, that a lot of people that come to watch you are not necessarily typical comedy fans, right? Because the some of the people that yeah. I know that are big fans of yours, I didn't expect them to be comedy things and you know i mean 100 laugh but people have been like oh i God, i get I that a lot that like why do you think that is you think it's just it's because of i don't built it on social media i i think like a lot of them like they they'll tell me on my show and and a big secret of my my videos is i'm very competitive with myself um right. so my videos force me i always say it forced me to be funnier on stage if i'm not funnier on stage you're better off watching me right. home yeah. Um, and just waiting for a video, right. but I get it all the time where, um, you know, they'll approach me at a show, like, I'll get like a 65, 70 year old woman. And she's like, you know, I don't ever laugh. <laughs> and I go, that's, that's, that, that's depression. That's yeah. what that is. And she goes, no, no, I just don't ever find anything funny, but I love you. <laughs> and I'm like, and I, I finally grabbed the woman and I said, why me? Like, right. you know, I, I'm just doing what I love, but why me? Why do I have such an impact on you where I literally took you from never watching comedy to coming to your first comedy show to watching my videos online to subscribing to my YouTube? Like, why? And she said, I've never had a comedian relate to me to where I felt like I was watching my my upbringing. I felt like I was watching my childhood totally. on the videos, on stage. So it, I think when you relate to people, you bring them out of their shell because now they're sitting, they're sitting there thinking to themselves, it wasn't just me. I mean, this right. is how I was. Then they then they hear the whole room. Sure. And like I said, it feels like a support group right. where they're like, you know, oh, my God, you guys, you guys got hit with the belt, too. <laughs> and they all come together. But it's the weirdest thing. And I'm so glad you brought that up because I, I talk about it all the time, how I can't, you know, it's, it's amazing how many people say that. I never laugh at comedians. I don't like comedians, but I find you funny. Yeah, it really. I mean, I've known at least a handful of people that have, you know, we were in Canada yeah. and you do Stress Factory. Mm-hmm. And people, you know, our friends who know that we have this comedy podcast are like, I'm going to see this guy, Anthony, tonight and blah, blah. And I'm like, you're going to a comedy show? And they're like, yeah, He's the funniest person on earth. Have you ever seen his videos? And I'm like, of course, I know it. Right. It's, it's just it's it keeps happening. And I just am like, why is that? I don't, you know, I mean, I obviously the, the relatable factor. I, I think, but, yeah, it has to do with relatable, but I mean, I, I love it because, you know, we need to bring back comedy. Sure, you need 100%. to bring back comedy to what it was because I always say it, man, if you're laughing, you're, you're not in a bad mood. Yeah. So to have more people laughing, less people will be in bad moods. And right now everyone's at each other's throats. It's like, 
you know, I, I, I say it all the time. It's disgusting how politics, you know, dictates, you know, how you treat somebody now. Sure. That's like, that's like the deciding factor. If you and I are going to be friendly, yep. you know, what side of the fence do you stand on? And I have so many people, well, you, you sound like a Trump supporter. You sound, you, I wouldn't mean I sound like a Trump supporter. <laughs> I, I don't videos. Support, they think they, yeah, think I'm that? like, I get it all the time. I'm like, why? Well, you're, you're, you're overly arrogant. So self-confidence <laughs> makes you a Republican. It's like, you know what? I don't necessarily support anyone because to me, to support someone, you know, that you, they make it sound like you, you have to agree with everything that person says. And I don't agree with everything nobody says. You shouldn't have to. Yeah, it, it, that's not realistic. I don't agree with so, myself half the time. No, I, I sit there. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know how the fuck my wife puts up with me half the time. You know, but they have this, this mentality where if you don't agree with everything I agree with or you don't see things, especially politics, the way I see things, well, you're evil. And, I, but, and I'm like, who the fuck wants to go out with somebody? Like if I grabbed you two and I was like, Hey, you guys want to go out for drinks and talk politics? And you're like, no, no, I want to go drink. I don't want to talk politics. Yeah, so it's yeah. like, well, if you're not going to talk about it and it's not a pleasant conversation, right. why judge people based on it? Oh, totally. So I think right now, man, I, it, laughter, you need more than anything, because if you I can get more people together that have differences and, and like you said, people that don't even like comedy right. are coming out to laugh. You'll, you'll have less assholes out there, man. I, I think what I, what I really admire about, about you and, and your style of comedy and what you do is that it truly does appeal from kids all the way up to grandparents, right? Because my son, I have a 17-year-old, and he always asks me, who are you recording with today or tomorrow? And, I, and right. I told him you, and he didn't know who you were. And I'm like, but I got to show you these videos. And I show him the video, and he just starts dying laughing, right? right. Because it was instantly relatable to him right. to these two people that we're friends with that are older Italian people, right? That's that exact sound exactly the way. Well, you- that's the thing. You don't need a family member as right. long as you have one was, neighbor, someone in the, in the deli. That yeah, they'll, they'll relate and to him. He was like, "What's that guy?" So now he's following you and all your stuff, and he's like, he, he was hysterical. Right. And, you know, to make a 17 year old kid laugh as their parents. Well, that so that's what so that's what's crazy about this whole thing, because now as the shows are getting bigger and the audiences are getting bigger, like right now, I mean, I, you know, thank God I've been I've been pretty busy and the venues keep it safe. You know, everyone's socially distanced and spread out. But to even bring two, three hundred people out and, and, you know, they'll have like a thousand person theater and they'll put 200 people in it. But to bring 200 people out during a pandemic and then seeing Who's coming out? Like I would never in a million years as, as an 18 year old kid go to a comedy show with my parents. Right. And to see that, yeah. and I'll ask them at, at the end of the show, I'm like, what, what made you come out with your parents? And they're like, oh, we watch you at home. And to think there, that I could be a comedian that brings a whole family. Like I would never sit in a living room and watch comedy with my family because it's either my dad would lose it in translation. My mom would think they're a little edgy. Yeah. You, it, so to think about, like we ran an age demographic report on my fan base and it's literally from, you know, we tracked YouTube and all this. It's from like eight to 84. Wow. That's and I'm like, what the hell? So you have eight-year-olds, you've got their older siblings, you got their parents, you have their grandparents. And it's it's crazy, man. And to see that at shows, it's it uh, it makes me love what I'm doing even more because of the fact that I'm kind of breaking that mold where, you know, you don't have to have a comedian that just appeals to the young guys and then, you know, an older comedian for the older people. Right. If, if you can kind of hit that chord where you're edgy for the young kids, you're tasteful for the older crowd, and then you lay in the middle of both for the kind of, you know, people between 25 and like 50 you know, you, you could appeal to everybody. Yeah, no, it's awesome. I, I really admire you know, you and, and thank you, man. Appreciate that. Um, I am curious though, your last job before you were straight comedy was yes. working at a car dealer, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was in the car business for a while. I did a lot of things, man. I was a, uh, I got my cardiac ultrasound degree. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was like, I was, I dude, it was so weird. Like I thought okay. I was just going to have nothing but like beautiful women come in and it was the absolute opposite. Of course. Um, I was, my, my, my cousin was like, you didn't think that you're just going to have like overweight men come in <laughs> to check their heart. That's all it was. <laughs> that's, that's all it was. Uh, but I, I was a cardiac ultrasound tech for a little bit. Um, I was an electrician when I was younger and then I ended up finally getting into the car business and with the job I left, I was a finance manager for a yeah. luxury car dealership. Yeah, Tom told me, and I told him, I think I might have bought a car from you guys at some point. But Probably. like, you ever sell cars, or were you just yeah? Okay. So how were you selling cars? Did you use humor? Maybe left. Sell cars. Oh, hundred like, percent. 
Yeah, I was yeah. curious. I wanted to ask. I, I would make people laugh, man. I would. Uh, <laughs> I would get. I remember I, I sold this guy a, a truck. Uh, we got in the car and uh, for a test drive, and he goes, um, he goes, man, you know, I just, I, I want to, I, I, I wonder if this truck, you know, I'm pick. He was picking up something, and he goes, I wonder if this truck would would fit that part in here. And I'm like, well, go get it. He's like, no, it's at Home Depot. I'm like, well, let's go shopping. I go, it's Saturday. I don't even want to be back at the dealership. And he goes, really? I go, yeah, let's go to Home Depot, brother. So we go to Home Depot and we're walking around and I see his brother-in-law. And he goes, hey, man, how you doing? He goes, what's going on? He goes, hey, this is Anthony. It's my car salesman. And he goes, what? I go, yeah, he wanted to see if a, a Home Depot part fit. So we're going to pick it up. And he goes, my salesman didn't do that shit. I go, well, your salesman sucks balls. <laughs> I'm, I'm lifting it up. We put it in this truck and he, he came back to the dealership. He bought that exact same truck. And uh, my boss was like, dude, would you go for four hours? I'm like, making a sale. And, uh, but yeah, man, I related to customers. I was never that salesy type. Yeah. You know, I never like, I would just, at the test drive, I would have them laughing hysterical, um, but like always used humor. And I, I did well in sales. It was just the hours sucked. Yeah, right. You know, I yeah, I'd like, imagine uh, it would be like that's the, everyone always thinks like the, the car salesman is trying to screw them. Like that's just yeah. You know, well, that's another thing. You would have people coming in. Like right now, it's so different. People look at me now for laughter, and right. people looked at me then as like a thief. Yeah, right. But like yeah, yeah. What's the real price? I'm like, I'm, I'm not lying to you. I don't give a shit if you buy a car or not. I really don't. I just want to go home. <laughs> And uh, it was it was weird, man. But yeah, and then when I became a finance manager, I was the ultimate, you know, guy that screwed you over. Right. People, <laughs> I'm not buying a warranty. I was like, I'm not selling you shit. I, I hope your car breaks down and then you regret it. Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, I've, I've made that mistake a hundred fucking times. Uh, <laughs> anyway, man, this was really awesome. We really appreciate you. Yeah, it was fun, man. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate yeah, it. Dude, yeah, dude. Appreciate this a lot. This is yeah, cool. no problem. No Definitely. problem. We'll uh, keep keep in touch and what uh what's coming up for you Besides uh, this this weekend i'm down in florida um we uh we fly out tomorrow i've got two shows at the uh, kelsey theater in lake park florida by west palm beach then sunday i'm at a tradition town hall in port st Lucie. uh next week i'm in cleveland i'm making my ohio debut at a hilarities comedy club um and then i think i'm at royersford pennsylvania the vogel theater count basie and red bank um, and then back up at the stress factory in Bridgeport. Right. And there's not many places you can do comedy right now and everybody's minimized. Um, yeah. But you know, you got to do what you got to do. Cause you know, everyone's like, I can't believe you're going to Florida. You better not bring anything back to New York. I'm like, like what freedom. <laughs> like they're, they're living, they're I, living I, down I, there. Not, not to give you, not to scare you or bum you out. I went to Florida over Christmas break. Right. Was, was as safe as a human could possibly be. And I wound up getting sick down there when I, and I, when I came home, I was pos I was negative the day I left Florida. Right. The day I was sick. Wow. You should do motivational speeches. <laughs> <laughs> My God. Dude, that's wow. what I, dude, he, he <laughs> I've never seen someone balls. end a podcast on such a positive <laughs> note. Yeah, hey, well, listen, I, just to let you know <laughs> where you're going, I got sick and almost died. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't Holy almost shit. die. I didn't. It, I <laughs> oh. no, but, you know what? I, I say it all the time. Listen, I'm safe because of my wife and kids. But if it wasn't for them, I'd go. I'd walk around licking everyone's face. I want the fucking thing by now. Yeah. Like, I feel like I'm healthy enough. And, you know, what? God forbid something happened. I mean, I deserve it for doing that. But I don't know how I have not got it yet. I'm safe. That's what I, that's what I said. I wear I wear a mask when I go out. I wear a mask when I'm around other people because, you know, I, I, I want to protect them. I mean, it's not really sure. me. Because, like I said, I feel like I would hopefully fight through it right. but i i, I mean I, I don't do meet and greets right now i can't do them after the show but listen, i'm on a plane yeah. i'm around people you never know i mean you don't really you know you don't think about it you're touching your face once in a while i don't know how i have not gotten it yet right. but you know knock on wood but listen i'll tell you one thing if i do get it this trip i'm fucking blaming you so <laughs> the blame is on you Dude, I'm, just I'm gonna, greg just i'm gonna get greg, the rapid test and they're gonna go uh mr rodia you tested pop that's jinxing son of a bitch <laughs> 11 months i was fine he's got to tell me a do a, do a skit about it make fun of him yeah 100 percent. if i test positive i will right from my deathbed no i i i actually am not even i mean i was in florida for six days what part 
um, outside Orlando. About yeah, well, outside I'm going Orlando. down south. Maybe the north is more infected. <laughs> it probably is, <laughs> although they they claim otherwise. I, I truly don't know. Yeah. It's possible that I got it before I left, too, because I was away for six days. You know, it's still it could take up to 14 days. for. Yeah, day. yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. I mean, it was just weird. And well, I have to. So I, I have to go down tomorrow and then Saturday. Um, I can't say it too loud, even though she I think she already knows I'm taking my clubs with me. So I'll be golfing and uh, God forbid I do anything that requires warm weather. And she's stuck in New York. I'm the devil. I'm the devil. I help you shoot 160. <laughs> um, after, after I play on Saturday, I'm just going to go get a rapid test. Right. Because I think if you test within 72 hours of flying back to New York, yeah, you don't, have, you don't to. have to quarantine for two weeks. You just have to take another test when you get back. So I, I think the worst thing is I have to shoot my podcast Tuesday night from my basement, which I mean, we, we I, can... don't, I don't think you have to take one when you get back, as long as it's within 72 hours. Oh, you got to You got to quarantine for three days and then take one on the fourth day. You do. Which makes absolutely no sense. Yeah, then a lot of the stuff, a lot of the stuff makes dude. no sense. Because so when I went to Florida the first time, um, I came back and I didn't know anything. So right. I get a phone call um the day before christmas eve no no it was the day after christmas the 26th right. and i flew back on the 14th and they go oh how you doing mr rodea my name is so-and-so i'm from contact tracing uh we just want to see how your quarantine's going get out of here i swear to god i said what quarantine uh sorry you were supposed to quarantine for two weeks i go when he goes so you flew back from florida on, on the 14th we have it documented I go, and this is this is important. He goes, oh, yeah. I go, why the fuck you wait 12 days to call me? I go, why wouldn't you call me on the 15th and tell me to stay home? Yeah, goes, right. Oh, you, you've been out? I go, yeah, and I've been tested three times. He goes, well, I can stay in your system for two weeks. I go, you have a medical degree? He goes, no. I go, well, then you would know that it's almost impossible for a virus to stay in your system undetected for two weeks, yeah. dick. And yeah. I just hung up on him. And I said to my wife, I said, I'm probably getting picked up in a van. You know, that's funny because I, I was like when I had when I flew back in, um, I flew into Westchester Airport and, you know, they give you these forms you got to sign. Yeah. There is no but no chance in hell anyone could have read my handwriting. None. Oh, you filled out you filled out the hand one. See, yeah. I did it online. Yeah, no, you did it when you got off the airplane. You had. Yeah, a- I, I did it on my phone. And, and uh, <laughs> there was a guy. I mean, this tells you like the mentality of people like <laughs> it was it was creative but i mean you know defying is not really the the, the way you want to go sure. he goes hey man he goes uh gonna help you out you don't need to fill that out anymore he goes you frequently fly i go yeah he goes you ain't gotta do it go, <laughs> but they check it there's like military here he goes i know you know when you finish filling it out it gives you that green check mark i go yeah just take a screenshot and i show him the same shit every time i get off the plane <laughs> i go it's great. You're probably infecting the whole fucking airport right now. It's great. Yeah. I'm like, dude, I, what if they catch you? Well, I'll deal with it. I go, okay, um, I'll just fill the shit out. It's, yeah, I know, right? That's, it, that's pretty wild. I, I didn't realize they did that in, in New York. They actually called people. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, New York. But, like, this is this is one of the things that blew my mind when everything started to kind of reopen again. So I, I work at Equinox here in Connecticut. Okay. okay. And the gyms opened in Connecticut in June. We weren't allowed to have showers okay which now, clean you <laughs> yeah you're not allowed to we weren't allowed to do a public shower new york city uh, right can't do comedy shows nothing right yep. people are doing central park shows but the gyms all reopened with full amenities correct makes so no you sense. can share a shower with someone but you can't sit socially distanced in a comedy club no, i got i got show. i got i got one better you can go you can't go to a restaurant and sit down with six people but you could fucking fly on flight 3650 to Fort Lauderdale on Delta and it's jam packed with 200 people. Yeah. Not to mention a plane is the, is the, the, the biggest germ capsule that you can possibly sit in. And it's like, you can't go to a restaurant, but you can do that. I, I, I don't, I don't get, and then the comedy clubs, you've got com- you've got restaurants in long Island that are allowed, you know, you can't, can't eat indoors, but if you make the outdoor exactly like the indoor, Oh, you could sit in it. So now instead of sitting inside a, 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 a structure with ventilation and air circulation, you get to sit in a plastic bubble where you guys are literally in a plastic cocoon yeah. with no ventilation, yeah. but it's outside in the parking lot. It's okay. It makes no sense, man. The, the hypocrisy and, you know, 
like Cuomo came out now and he's like, oh, you know, if we don't open up places, there's going to be nothing to open up. Yeah, well, jackass, we've been telling you that since May. I'm yeah, glad you finally it, woke up, you know. It it's really amazing. is. It is nuts. I, you know, I have no idea. I'm not a scientist. Yeah, I failed. Not anymore. Not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> I, gave up, I gave up my science degree. Well, you look like you'd be, you look good <laughs> next to a Bunsen burner. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> the, the only thing I remembered from biology, Bunsen yeah. burner. Yeah, yeah. That's it. And it had a lot to do with the fact that Beaker from Muppet Babies used to mess yeah. with him. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> I, I could grill on top I of I told you, my brain just, I don't, I don't fucking know where it goes. It's like <laughs> off the grid, you know? Like Waze is like, please. Anthony, I'm with you. The road. Yeah. yeah, I'm the same I'm way. I'm all dude. over the place. I'm a you squirrel. Just did this guy just go from Cuomo to Beaker? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> and that's what makes you a genius. Oh, no, don't say that. My wife hears you. She's going to unplug the computer. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, listen, thank you very much. Most yeah, man, I had a blast. Stay, uh, stay healthy and safe. And thank you, a, man. Have good shows. We'll definitely, I'm sure, see you in Bridgeport when you're up yeah, there. Yeah, definitely. Come up, man. Let me know. I'll put some tickets aside for you. I think it's February, right? Like mid-February? February 18th to the 20th. Yeah, yeah Thursday, yeah. Friday, and Saturday. Man. Two shows Friday, two shows Saturday, one show uh, uh, Thursday. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely come check you out for yeah, sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then thanks. Really appreciate it. And you got anyone yeah, listening dude. can go to Anthony's website, YouTube, Instagrams, and laugh your asses and off. And let me know when you guys are going to post this, and I'll, uh, I'll reshare it on my Facebook page. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be Monday, this Monday. Okay, perfect. Yeah, just shoot me a text and uh, repost it. All right, man. Well, listen, thank you for having me. It was fun. I'm going to go uh, shoot my video for Sunday titled uh, The Prostate Exam. Ugh, can't wait for that one. Yes, Nick? I have a video like that too, but oh, this one's gonna different. be a doozy. I, I, I was fighting myself to incorporate Nutella and a rubber glove. <laughs> <laughs> I go, man, maybe I'll skip that. Wait, wait, well, we did, we did an episode about a year ago with these two girls that we're now friends with that have a podcast called Shameless Sex Podcast. Mm. Se one's a sex therapist. Yeah, one's a sex whatever. therapist. And we were on during what? Colon Awareness Week? Oh. Or month or something? No, it was like anal... Prostate Awareness. Know. It was Prostate Awareness Month. <laughs> He's like, no, it was anal... <laughs> anal something. Monday, I think? So they, they mentioned something and, and Nick... And it, I, it's like one of my highlight moments. I don't, can't repeat it like verbatim, but he right. was like, he he didn't remember, Nick. You didn't know like if it was a prostate or a colon or what the difference was between. No, the I was two. just like, I thought the prostate was a little bit closer to the edge than it was as deep as it was. <laughs> Maybe mine's just inflamed. I have no idea. But... Could be. You might yeah. want to check that out. <laughs> He's like, the prostate's not supposed to hang out. No, that's a hemorrhoid. That's a hemorrhoid. <laughs> so on that note. <laughs> Now, now that's we're how gonna... you made a podcast. Yeah. Ass. Yeah. Inner ass. End on hemorrhoids. Yeah. All right, man. This was awesome. Thank you. Appreciate it, man. Thank you for Talk having soon. me. Talk soon, guys. All right, brother.